This is the Thorn Podcast, the show that navigates the complex world of wellness and explores the latest science behind diet, supplements, and lifestyle approaches to good health. I'm Dr. Robert Roundtree, Chief Medical Advisor at Thorn and Functional Medicine Doctor. As a reminder, the recommendations made in this podcast are the recommendations of the individuals who express them and not the recommendations of Thorn. Statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Thorn Podcast. This week, we're going to be shedding some light on the ins and outs of Thorn's thyroid at-home test kit. And to help you follow along, in addition to our regular audio episode, we're also releasing the video from this recording as well. So be sure to check that out on thorn.com or on our YouTube page so you can follow along as we go over the results and see all of the graphs and charts. Joining me once again to talk about the thyroid test is my friend and colleague, Thorn's Vice President of Medical Affairs, Dr. Amanda Frick. Welcome back, Amanda. How are you? Hey, Bob. I'm well. How are you? I'm pretty good. So, Amanda, you and I have both taken this thyroid test from Thorne. We're going to walk our listeners through the results in a bit. But first of all, why would anyone want to take this test? Maybe it's not as obvious as the sleep test or the gut test. What are the indications for doing the test? Uh, that part's tricky because you could have, you know, thyroid issues can manifest from so many different things. But I think commonly people uh, would start thinking about thyroid health if they have some fatigue, maybe dry skin, dry hair, brittle nails, um, some energy issues. Some people may experience weight gain, although, you know, I think that falsely gets attributed to thyroid health more than it should. But I think those are some of the things. I, I, probably fatigue would be my number one thought. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do see a lot of people who have mysterious fatigue that seems to come on for no reason. Uh, there's no obvious cause. In fact, I I just saw somebody like this very recently who said, boy, I have really, really severe fatigue and it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm in good shape, etc." And I immediately thought thyroid and lo and behold, his thyroid tests were abnormal. You know, that was great. And I could say his, I, I hate to say this, but his mainstream doctor totally missed it. How do you not? How do you miss that? Sorry. <laughs> that, well, that a lot of dogs just don't. The, it's, thyroid is just not on their, their mind. You know, they would think, okay, well, let's look for anemia. You're fatigued. Mm. Let's look for anemia. Let's look for major disease, liver disease, kidney disease, something more serious. But they, especially in men, I would say docs don't tend to think of the thyroid as something happening in men. I mean, hate to celebrate um, a finding, but the good news is now you have so many options for your patient. Well, I got to say, when that happens, I think I love this because it's actually something I can treat. Yeah. And I know it's going to make a difference because, you know, a lot of things we sure. see in medicine, your response is going to be more subtle. It may take longer, but thyroid, you can say, this is what you're going to experience. Yeah, it's really easy. A plus B is definitely going to help C. That's for sure. Great. So I guess one of the points that we're making here is that you can't always rely on your family doctor to immediately think thyroid. And for that reason, it's nice to have another option if you believe that you might have a thyroid problem and that's being neglected by your regular doctor because this is something you can do yourself. Well, that's a bonus. But I think that the other thing is 
you know, even if your doctor does run thyroid, they, if you're lucky, they maybe run three different measures, but a lot of doctors are only going to run a TSH, right? So they're only checking that one thing. You're just getting so much more data from the home test and you can do it yourself. So I feel like there's two pluses there. Yeah, there's a lot rolled into the thyroid tests. We'll, we'll actually show people all the different markers that are involved. But I would say if you do this through a regular lab, it actually ends up being fairly expensive to get all the markers that are rolled into this test. So it's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah, I think it is. And it doesn't take vials of blood. It takes drops of blood. Yeah, a few drops of blood. So Amanda, um, why don't you tell us what the experience was like of the test? I mean, even starting from the unboxing, right? I know they do that with a lot of uh, other tech products. So what was it like from unboxing to your experience performing the test at home? I have a, I get to be biased because I've seen so many of these before, but even, even with my bias, I love this test kit. It's so well put together. It looks really nice. It's got a plastic box. It's very easy to find what you need in there, right? So there's a couple of lancets, which are the, the little devices that cause a, a poke for your finger so you can draw the blood and a little blood spot card that has kind of black circles in it, which you <laughs> used to say like color inside the lines when we would, when we would talk to our patients about doing them. Um, but everything you need is there as well as gloves, gauze, band-aid, um, and it's right packaged in a nice little plastic clamshell box, and it's easy to put everything back into. So that part is really nice. Along with a little instruction book, I might add, oh, yes. uh, which That's comes a in good handy. Part. That's a good part. And I definitely recommend reading the instructions several times so you don't end up sitting there with blood dripping off your hands going, now what do I do here? Like, you know, if you're ready for the sequence, then it's no big deal. Um, yeah, there are the some one, important parts in that booklet, too, that talk about if you're taking a thyroid medication or if you're taking other hormones and how you should plan taking the test. So that's also really important to read through ahead of time. And I have had people who are on thyroid medicine do the test and forget to hold their medicine that morning. So it can skew the results if you just took your thyroid medicine an hour beforehand. Yeah. Right? So that is something to keep in mind. The other thing that I, I urge people to do is keep their hands warm. You know, especially if you live in a cold climate, that's not as big an issue this time of year in this part of the hemisphere. But if you live in a cold climate and your hands are constricted from the cold, it might make it a little harder to draw blood. There are some tricks you can do to make sure there's plenty of blood flow in your fingertips, like holding your hands under cold water or under a warm blanket or something like that for people that have trouble getting blood. Yeah, I used to tell my patients that they could stand up and sort of move their arms around and get blood flowing. And then it's it's harder when you're sitting. So if you stand up and then the, the card is on a table sort of below your heart level, then you can stand up and squeeze down and then it kind of gets less messy too. Otherwise, it tends to sort of run on your finger a little, but I think that's another good one. Just do it standing up and then you can really easily angle it down your fingertip onto the card. Terrific. So any other tips or tricks that people should know about? I don't think so. I think you covered it. Like warming up your hands, you can massage the finger, sort of like help the blood flow get to the end of your finger. I tend to do that before I use mm -hmm. the lancet. So it's already sort of there. You can see the color change before you do the lancet because sometimes the most uncomfortable part is just squeezing to get yeah. the, to get the blood spots out. It's not the finger poke, it's the squeeze. Yes. Okay. So if your hands are a little bit red already, that means there's good blood flow and you shouldn't really have any problem filling up all the circles on the on the square. Yeah, sometimes it takes a second to get started. I think people panic when the first one comes out a little slow. So if the first circle isn't quite full or seems like there's not enough there, it's okay. 
just move on to the next one. They'll get better as you go. Okay. And even people that are squeamish getting blood drawn, I found this is not a big deal. It's actually a little bit easier than going in to a formal phlebotomy center, you know, and having somebody stick a needle in you, especially if they miss, which yeah, that's, can happen. It's very not fun. <laughs> yeah, very not fun. All right. Well, we need to take a short break now. When we come back, we're going to show you our test results and we're going to walk you through what they mean, exactly what we're looking at. So for those of you who are listening on audio only, the next part is where we're switching to the video option on YouTube or on our website. So it'll be beneficial if you can actually tune into that and you can find the links to do so in the show notes. Although getting older is inevitable, you can control how well you age, and Thorne offers a variety of solutions to help you do just that. Thorne's biological age test utilizes a blood panel that analyzes the rate of aging for your entire body and its various organs, and provides specific recommendations to help you slow or improve the aging process. Thorne also offers several science-backed formulas that promote healthy aging from nutrient-rich NAD Plus boosters to collagen powders so you can age better inside and out. Find the right formula for you by taking Thorne's Healthy Aging Quiz and get real recommendation from Thorne's medical team. Learn more by visiting thorne.com slash healthy aging. That's T-H-O-R-N-E dot com slash healthy aging. And we're back. So we're going to start with my results. And this is what you see when you log in. You'll see your name. And then on the left menu, test results. And then I click on the one for thyroid, the panel analysis. And this is what the markers look like. So what we see is uh, my TSH, which is a thyroid stimulating hormone. And just a quick overview for those of you don't quite understand how the thyroid thing works. Your pituitary gland makes thyroid stimulating hormone that travels a short distance to the thyroid gland and it activates the gland to make a hormone called T4, levothyroxine. And then levothyroxine is released into the bloodstream. It's converted by an enzyme that takes out one of the iodines. So T4 means that it's got four iodines on it and an enzyme called iodinase removes one of the iodines and converts it into the active form T3. We really want to know all of these markers. We want to know TSH, free T4, and free T3. And that might seem like an obvious thing, but it's it's actually not that obvious. A lot of doctors will only measure TSH. And maybe I'll, I'll get Amanda to talk a little bit about why that is not adequate, because I know you've you work with a lot of patients that have this problem, but we want the overview. We want to see all of the above. We want to know how the gland is working and making T4, and we want to know how active that enzyme is in converting the T4 into T3. So in my case, everything looks good. My TSH is right in the middle at 2.2, my T4 right in the middle at 1.4 nanograms, and my T3 at 3.7 picograms. And notice that picograms is 
much smaller quantity. So it's actually a much tinier amount. That's the active hormone. And that T3, that's what's working in the brain. That's really a significant part of thyroid function. If a person's thyroid function is low, is suboptimal, then they can feel depressed. And so that's why we want to know that because maybe their energy is okay, but their mood isn't great. So looking at all these markers is important. We also want to know if the body is making antibodies against an enzyme called thyroperoxidase, which is an enzyme that's active in the thyroid gland. And if we're making antibodies against it, actually, it's one of the first signs of autoimmune disease, not just thyroid autoimmune disease, but all kinds of autoimmune diseases. Hence the value of looking at TPO antibodies. And again, a lot of mainstream doctors don't do this as a routine. I, I routinely order it, and I think it should be part of the routine, but that's why we include that as part of the overall profile. So Amanda, any comments about why we want to do more than just measure TSH? Why do docs even think that that's a valuable thing? <laughs> that part I can't answer for you. <laughs> why are they stuck on that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, there's it, a lot of it, it's obvious you want to do more, right? It's like, right. Act, always, always do more. That's what I was going to say. I think there is some kind of mentality of less is more. Somehow, or a, a lot of things, I understand cost sensitivity. I think at one point, maybe there was insurance sensitivity about what would be covered, but I don't think that that's so much an issue anymore. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, because I felt like I had this conversation a lot with patients, is not understanding what it means you know, hypothyroid versus hyperthyroid and TSH mm -hmm, mm -hmm. high versus TSH low. Um, mm -hmm. So what I would always say, because I think it helped get it through is like TSH is like the volume knob. And then T4 is what's coming out of the speakers. And then T3 is what you're doing with the music. But if your TSH is going up, your brain is trying to turn the volume up on your thyroid. So when thyroid function is low, your brain's asking for more activity. And so it's turning up the volume on TSH. So high TSH indicates low thyroid function. And that's your brain giving the message that it wants more. And then, of course, the, the opposite is true. So if your thyroid is over-functioning, your brain's going to try to turn the volume down and tell the thyroid to slow down because too much is going on. And so that makes TSH lower. So low TSH is hyperthyroid or too much thyroid function. But yeah, I think that's why it's important to look at all of them. And like you said, with the antibodies, you want to look at that first. You could be seeing an antibody change before it's affecting TSH. So you're almost getting a sneak peek from that perspective. And then if something is wrong, there's a lot of reasons why thyroid could be not functioning properly. But an antibody problem is a totally different approach than maybe a nutrient problem or some other underlying issue. So why not have all of the information that you could need to, to sort of move forward to fix what the problems are? Just to, to tack on to that, there are a lot of studies out suggesting that if a person's TSH is slightly high, but maybe under 10, that maybe you don't need to treat it. I don't really agree with that because I've seen people whose TSH was six, right? Just very slightly elevated, and they clearly benefited from hormone supplementation. So it really depends on the individual. And part of what helps you individualize that is if the antibodies are high. So if their TSH is up and the antibodies are high, that tells you there's something going on with this person's immune system, right? And it, it makes you more likely to, to see a benefit from treatment 
if you can confirm that it's autoimmune thyroiditis as opposed to perhaps a transient increase in TSH. Yeah, I agree. I also think that I had a tendency to take in the the subjective information from my patients, which it sounds like you do too. I wouldn't, I think a lot of doctors are like, ah, your TSH is fine. You don't need any help. And I would look at it and be like, well, that's probably yeah. not the case. Let's, let's see what we can do here. So, you know, we all take a different view on it, but I would have, I would have wanted a TSH lower than five. Yes. Particularly if I was treating, I'm aiming for a lot lower than five. So yep. especially if they just don't feel well, there's some mainstream, <laughs> there were some main mainstream chat lately about it doesn't matter you know what your patient says if it's if the labs say this that's what you have to do and that's it that's doesn't what matter what your print. patient says <laughs> exactly that is the opposite of personalized medicine yes. that's like crazy let's, let's not do that yeah but that's another beautiful thing about when you're doing it with thorn right so you you're filling out your health profile and you're putting in what that information is and you're adding that subjective information or the things that are bothering you it's not just the data it's also that part too so Amanda, let's take a look at your thyroid markers and uh, and tell us a little bit about what you were expecting to see. Were you expecting to see anything abnormal and, and what did we find? Yeah, I wasn't expecting to see anything abnormal. I had my I had these all done at my physical not that long ago and I have a really great doctor who runs all the things that I want <laughs> to run. You've done this before. I've done this before. Yeah. I'm an old pro. Yeah. So yeah, mine looks really similar to yours. My TSH is 1.3 which is even optimal for my being fussy preference of what a TSH should look like. T3 at 3.1, T4 at 1.5, and my TPO antibodies are 10, which is considered low at less than 150. So I'm happy with this. Wasn't expecting it to be anything significant, but still happy to see it nonetheless. How often do you see people who weren't that suspicious of their thyroid, but lo and behold, you do the test and it's off? Does that ever happen to you? It's happened, but not very often. It was more often the opposite. Someone would be really convinced something was off with their thyroid and it, it was mm. something else and that their thyroid's normal. It was a, a lot of convincing them that we should be looking at other things like a stress test, which maybe we'll talk about. Uh -huh, which we'll talk about <laughs> at some other point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think it happened it happens sometimes, but not very, not very often. Usually I think when some thyroid is off, people can feel something or they're going to notice something. Not always, but, but usually. So it has reassurance value. I think if somebody is saying, oh, I read a book about thyroid and it sure sounds like I've got it. Yeah. Reassurance or we need to keep digging and it isn't that simple. Or there are some, maybe there's lifestyle things that have to change too. So you know, ruling out the obvious things, like you said, so easy to fix and you know you can fix it. Makes it a little harder when it isn't thyroid, but good thing to check the box. I will say though, I do see people whose markers, their their hormones are all fine. The TSH, T4, T3 are all fine, but their antibodies are up. And that to me is a, is a good early warning system that says that something is off. Again, if you read some of the mainstream articles on that, it will say nothing to worry about, don't even pay attention to it. You should ignore it. Well, no, that means there's been a loss of tolerance. That means the, the immune system is doing something it shouldn't be doing. And there's some pretty good published studies, not just one study, but several showing that if you supplement people whose elevated thyroperoxidase antibodies you know, show up on this test, if you give them selenium in particular, and maybe EPA and DHA, omega-3 fatty acids, then you're going to actually bring those antibodies down. 
So it can be quite gratifying. Yeah, I mean, uh, the other thing I think that makes sense that we forget is if I saw a patient that had antibodies, I would maybe treat with different options compared to what I had in my office. Or, or I found that some patients with antibodies do not respond well to some sort of treatment options like glandulars or certain types of thyroid hormone replacement because of the antibodies. So I would sort of guide what my options were as far as treatment by having that information. Great. I'm just curious, what kind of recommendations did you get? Uh, you had normal levels, but were there any recommendations? I did. I got some basic recommendations. So I get a little congratulations that my tests are healthy, normal thyroid function. Um, my recommendations for diet were uh, follow a Mediterranean diet. So that's a you know standard healthy anti-inflammatory diet. We know it's good for so many things and to hydrate which is also a fair recommendation for just about everyone. But I feel like they're spying on me because I don't do very well on that. So that was, that was fair. <laughs> like they knew um, something about you. Yeah. <laughs> and having a balanced exercise routine. Mine says start a balanced exercise routine. So it didn't like what I had reported I was currently doing for mm-hmm, an exercise mm-hmm, routine mm-hmm. at the time that this test was collected. Uh, And then my product recommendation, I think, is for basic support because my thyroid labs were normal. I got a recommendation for basic nutrients to a day, which is a daily multivitamin. In other words, your results were normal. Let's keep it that way. Mm -hmm. And here's some things that we can do. Yes, exactly. I'm not off the hook. I still got to keep up on it. All right. So just to restate what you said earlier, there's a reassurance value in doing this test, even though everything came back normal. It was still helpful for you to look at that and go, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on track and I can relax a little bit. Exactly. Or if I had concerns about my energy or other reasons to take the test, it would help me to know I need to keep digging and look further. It doesn't mean give up. It means this is not, this is not the droid you're looking for. You need to be looking for something else. Great. All right, folks, that's all the time we have this week. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast once again. As Thanks always, if yeah, you bet. And if people want to follow you, if they want to know what you're up to or you know what your work is with Thorn, what's the best way for them to stay caught up? Uh, probably my LinkedIn profile. And there will be a Medium blog that has a little bit more about medical affairs and how that works at Thorn. And you can find that at our Medium blog site. Excellent. So that was Thorn's VP of Medical Affairs, Dr. Amanda Frick. Speaking about Thorne's thyroid test, as always, thank you all for listening. If you like what you've heard, tell a friend about our show or drop us a line on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Thorne Podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on your podcast app of choice. If you've got a health or wellness question you'd like answered, simply follow our Instagram and shoot a message to at ThornHealth. You can also learn more about the topics we discussed by visiting Thorn.com and checking out the latest news, videos, and stories on Thorn's Take 5 daily blog. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to join us next time for another episode of the Thorn Podcast.